Hello, Kristen here with a new thing. Okay, so the bad news. We can't all move to Canada if Trump wins. The good news is that we can face whatever is coming together. And the antidote is for facing it together. It's for monthly gathering where we practice building resilience in the body long before November 5th. So you're going to practice returning to your body, your breath, and your being when the stakes are really low, when we're just in a Zoom room together, so that you build those muscles and they're easier to access when you really need them. And in case of a Trump win, you will really need them. And in case of a non-Trump win, you'll have them forever and it will be great regardless. <laughs> you can find all the details at jointheantidote.com, J-O-I-N-T-H-E-A-N-T-I-D-O-T-E.com. Promo code TRUST takes $33 off before March 12th because trust. Again, that's jointheantidote.com. Enjoy the episode and I'll see you on the other side. Welcome to this episode of That's What She Said. This is my third attempt to record the intro because Hermione Granger is wearing a cone of shame and just making so much noise. (laughs) So this might seem familiar. This was uh, 119, Sensing the Sparkle. And I gave you half of this, about 20 minutes of it. And then I was like, become a patron to hear the rest. And then I stopped having Patreon be a thing. You can't become a patron anymore. And I want you to have this because this is so fundamental to, uh, to, to who I am, to what I've learned in the last few years and to how I operate, that I want you to have it and listen to it. So this is the full 40 minutes of Sensing the Sparkle. If you already listened to episode 119, you can cut to about halfway through, pop right in, or listen for a refresher because it's been about six months. Either way, I cannot wait to hear what you think about this. Kay at kristenkelp.com or you can tag me at kkelp on Instagram want to know what you think. In terms of ways that you can give me dollars and or be my patron, Dominatrixing has opened up. Um, I sent it to the dibs list and through the dibs list, two spots are gone. Two spots have verbal yeses. So there are two remaining spots uh, to work with me one-on-one. You put your deposit down. Now we begin our work in February and we talk four times. It's called Dominatrixing because we go through all of your your dreams, your aspirations, your issues, your concerns, your roadblocks. And then I come up with a list of what to do in what order. That's the Dominatrixing part, nothing sexual. And I hold you accountable for actually doing those things on a weekly or bi-weekly basis until you get them done. So if you're ready for a sort of massive growth with a person who's gonna hold you accountable for doing the work that you say you wanna do, or for helping you step out of overwhelm and into actually getting things done, because you're not just spinning in your brain, that's, I'm very good with helping with that, then you wanna check it out. And that's at kristenkelp.com slash dominatrix, or 
check out the coaching links or you'll find many ways to access it at kristenkelp.com. And that's that. So two spots left. I expect them to go this week. So if you're listening to this, now's the time. If you're listening to this in the future, you can always get on the dibs list at kristenkelp.com slash dominatrix and I'll take care of you there. The next spots will open up in June. Should you be like, I can't do it right now, but ah, June is the answer. So you have a while or you can do it now. And now, sensing the sparkle. This is 40 minutes of pure, golden, lovely, wondrous, joyful teaching about the ability to uh, tune into your own intuition, to enjoy life more, to play with uh, life more, and to see what happens when you pay attention to your own interiors and to what's happening around you simultaneously at a deep level. It's awesome. I love it. I love you. I hope to hear from you. Kay at kristenkelp.com. And I will see you next week. sensing the sparkle and this has taken months and months of talking with people I love and talking with people um, that aren't familiar with the concept and talking with clients about it to even begin to come into words so at any point if you're like I don't understand that isn't clear I need help understanding I have a question do me a favor and um, write it down or record it in some way and then share it with me because this is the first time I'm sharing it anywhere. And so if something isn't clear, it's because this is not one of those things that I've talked about and talked about and talked about and and um, done a lot of work to hone. This is the first time it's coming out and it's for you. And I hope it's lovely and wonderful and serves you. And so let's talk about sensing the sparkle. First, what am I talking about with sparkle? And I tried to define it here. For me, it's the seemingly magnetic energy or lack of magnetism sometimes of an idea, concept, object, product, person, room, space, statement, or organization. So sparkle is just when there's something what the French call the je ne sais quoi, uh, but it can apply not just to people, but to absolutely anything in the world. That's like, why is that particular building much more appealing than all the other buildings on that block? Why is that particular restaurant much more appealing than all the other restaurants? And it isn't a logical thing. It isn't, well, I've done lots of research. And it isn't like, oh man, I've, you know, I've Googled every person in this room and definitely that person is the most interesting. It's, I'm in this room full of 20 strangers and that person's the only person I want to talk to. That feeling is what I would define as sparkle. And sensing the sparkle is when you allow your perception of the sparkle or the lack of perception of the sparkle to actually influence your everyday decision-making instead of just pretending that it doesn't exist or that you're crazy or that that's not important or that logic is more important. So sensing the sparkle, I think, is one of our deepest instincts as humans, one of our oldest ones. But those instincts are probably buried under layers of muck, numbness, and habits of overriding the tiny impulses or overthinking the bigger ones. So, for example, um, when I'm selling Steer Your Ship, I'm typically selling it with 
check in with your body. Does it want this? Check in with your intuition. Does it want this? Check in with your higher self. Does it want this? Those are all ways of sensing the sparkle. And that doesn't mean, just because it's buried, buried under layers of muck, that those skills are lost to you forever. It just means that you have dormant muscles and we can use them again. You can use them again. When you begin to treat the cues your body gives with regards to sparkle as legitimate, in fact, as far more advanced than the part of your body that's capable of being verbal, since, excuse me, nonverbal actions and cues have existed for far longer than syllables and noises on the spectrum of human evolution, you're on your way. So let's, this is not step-by-step as much as it is a bunch of things that I've learned about sparkle over the years. First, eliminate the words just or only from your knowing. As in, oh, it's only a feeling, or it's just my intuition, or I just feel like it's not good to do that. And then you go ahead and override it anyway. Just and only cheapen what you know to be true, and they signal to other people and to your own intuition that you don't actually value it, care about it, or respect it. And when you don't value, care about, or respect something, it has no reason to stick around, whether it's a human or your favorite t-shirt or your intuition. It's taken years and years for me to stop couching my knowing in really vague language or downplaying it or pretending like I'm not tapped into it when I am, in fact, drawing on it for the vast majority of work with my clients, um, both in person and on the phone. And now I just say it. For example, I'll say, yep, my sense is that X, you really enjoy this, you don't really enjoy that, whatever it is. Um, I'll say, it feels like you're not telling me everything. I'll say, I feel like there's more to this. Those are statements that are purely intuitive, that have no logical, um, I've, I haven't taken any classes or TED Talks about you know reading body language for mastery of humanity or something. It's purely intuition that I'm feeding on and that I verbalize where I would used to just tap it down because it was just my intuition. It was only my intuition. Um, and whether you say the words out loud or you just think them doesn't actually make a difference. It has the same net result, which is that you don't talk about it. So first, talk about it. It takes careful attention to nurture it, and then really and truly owning it takes even longer. Lots of people don't understand it and never will or don't want to. But then again, I don't understand why people love baseball, and I probably never will. I don't really want to. Having the ability to sense sparkle or to pay any attention to your intuition is no weirder to me than paying $49 to watch some dudes hit a ball around and scream a lot while you down $9 beers and eat pretzels. Baseball is mainstream, intuition is not, and that's the only difference. But it's not a just or only thing, so you don't have to treat it that way. Next, you can ask your body directly, always. You can ask it if it wants to have sex or kiss or snuggle. You could ask it if it want, what it wants to eat for lunch or whether you should take this supplement or that one or whether you should go to sleep now. Body is perfectly capable of answering yes or no questions. To do this, stand up. Ask a question with a yes or no answer and pay close attention to whether your body leans forward or back. Forward is yes, backward is no. And yes, it really is that simple. If, if you don't influence it any, in any way, if you're not like... Harry Potter with the sorting hat, like, please say yes, please say yes, please say yes. And then you make yourself go yes. You, it really can be that simple. And if you've heard me say that before, but you haven't done it yet, try it now. 
You can think of any offer, opportunity, or invitation that you haven't yet responded to and hold it in your mind. So maybe it's from a coworker, maybe from a client, maybe a potential client, maybe someone who's trying to network with you. Maybe it's a birthday party invitation or a different party invitation. Maybe it's a class you're considering getting, anything like that. Hold that in your mind. It can be something that's going to take 10 minutes or something that'll take 10 days, doesn't matter. The important part isn't the size of it, but that you truly feel undecided about the thing. So hold it in your mind clearly and then ask your body if it would like to attend slash go slash take advantage of the offer. If yes, your body will rock forward. If no, your body will rock back. You can make whatever decision you would like about attending, of course, but you've checked in with body and it has given you an answer. I'm often pissed when things my mind wants to attend give me a no and when things that I don't want to attend are most definitely a yes. You might not like the answer you're given, but you've gotten an answer nonetheless. And some of the best things I've done have been to trust the, I don't understand this, I don't feel like I have enough information about this, and yet I'm doing it. Should you hear anything in the background, um, the ice cream truck is parked right outside the window because it can. So you might get a little pop goes a weasel in the background. That's cool. Um, We also want to start small. Seemingly inconsequential choice, inconsequential, inconsequential choices that make no great impact on your life are the perfect place to start playing with sparkle and with your inner knowing or intuition. Asshole brain uh, will say your small units should be bigger, i.e., I'll wait until I have the energy for a big thing instead of doing this small thing, or I'll wait until there's a big decision before I worry about this small decision. It won't want to, quote-unquote, waste the effort on something small like where to wander at the farmer's market. It'll want to save your sparkle finding for something bigger and, quote-unquote, more important. That's like dreaming of being a writer and writing nothing at all for seven years and deciding, I'm going to go write my book in a cabin for three months instead of just writing every single day. The political version would be taking six weeks off to go to a site of political activism like Standing Rock every single day after you've done nothing for a decade instead of calling, writing, signing, discovering, and making art for the resistance on a daily or weekly basis. Small is the perfect place to start. You're learning to trust the sparkle and your own internal body guidance. You're learning to speak that language. And it's important to go slowly. Brene Brown says that trust is like marbles added slowly to a jar over time. That's not a direct quote. That's my interpretation. You're adding marbles to your own intuition jar. It's you trusting yourself in some fashion, and you can't rush the process. Just for the record, your asshole brain will always say you're not doing enough. You could be doing more if you could just figure out how to eliminate the need for sleeping and eating from your schedule. Given the ability to never go to the bathroom again, you'd regain years of your life. Asshole brain is forever popping in with these if-only scenarios, but they aren't useful or doable. You're still human. You're still breathing. You're still learning to be with your intuition. You're still learning to sense sparkle. And so that's okay. Start small. The start small principle also applies to physical spaces. If you're in a bookstore and want to find the perfect book, it's easier to start with a small section or a single shelf in the N through Z fiction aisle than to find one sparkly thing in the vast expanse of a huge big box bookseller like Barnes & Noble. 
So you can use logic to hone in ish. Like, I would like to get a book of poetry. I would like to get a book of fiction. I would like to get a book about World War II. And then hone in on that specific shelf or a couple of shelves to find something sparkly. Once you've got short range sparkle down, you're ready for longer and longer physical distances. Think a city block to find a restaurant, then three city blocks to find a place to eat, and eventually a few miles at a time. So it isn't that you just say, I'm looking for sparkle, and then start walking three blocks. It's that you say, I'm looking for sparkle, and you energetically cast your net for three blocks versus energetically casting your net for just one block versus energetically casting your net for miles. And again, I know that's not exactly the right way to describe it with words, but I also know that I haven't found better words for it yet. To give this really practical shape, once uh, I drove with my best friend, Doey, through miles of following Sparkle. I was making left and right turns seemingly at random. I didn't know where I was going. It was in the middle of the country. And by the country, I mean um, city, suburbs, country, like firmly in country land. Um, And then we rounded a corner and ended up at a pop-up library that had a petting zoo and a live bandstand. No kidding. (laughs) It was amazing. And it was just that I had cast, I just cast the net as wide as I wanted to that day. And it was fairly far. And I was like, okay, let's go have an adventure then. When it comes to physical world versus the online, physical world is easier to find than online sparkle. So physical sparkle, so much easier to find than online sparkle. Practice finding and trusting things that sparkle in your everyday offline world, and you're going to be better suited to beginning to spot sparkle as it appears online. Finding sparkle online is tricky because you can only see photos or videos sometimes, which are often quite sparkly, while the energy of the object or item or class or workshop is not the slightest bit sparkly. And that's because graphic design, really good photography, and shiny coding can make things seem sparkly when they are, in fact, terrible or boring or just plain dumb. What appears to be perfect for you online might be something you'd walk by without a second glance should you encounter it in your daily life. You've got to build your sparkle muscles far from anything with a URL or a Facebook ads budget. And I can't emphasize that enough in terms of it just doesn't work the same way online because it is so much about online, the perfection porn getting to you and the perfection porn being like, oh, I need this. And it overrides, (coughs) excuse me, it overrides your ability to discern sparkle. Whereas something um, in a store or when you're walking down the street is not going to have that same level of perfection porn applied to it on a daily basis. Or you'll be able to see through the perfection porn, which is also really good. Next, you want to let the outcome go. Adventuring for sparkle and following bodily cues means that you have no idea what will happen, but you can assume a good ending and you can assume that the ending will be nourishing. So for example, it's a Saturday morning, you're like, what am I gonna do today? And you're like, I don't know, I'm just gonna go for a drive. When you agree to go for a drive, you're agreeing to go and find Sparkle. And what you can assume is that it's going to end well and that the end will be nourishing for your soul. Sparkle simply doesn't exist in not nourishing bad for you places or objects. Twinkies 
are never ever going to sparkle, though they might be tempting at 2 a.m. when you stop at the gas station and you're exhausted. Be careful not to mistake sparkle for body is tired and dehydrated and needs a quick hit of sugar to keep functioning. Those are very different. And it's not like I've had to learn that one like a few hundred times or anything. I mean, that would be ridiculous because that would be, I mean, yeah, that's not me at all. Except, of course, it's me. (laughs) Um, So be careful that because sparkle and sugar or whatever your default is, your default vice, if it's sparkle and salt or sparkle and alcohol or sparkle and marijuana or sparkle and whatever, be careful that you keep them separate, that you don't, you aren't like, that's super sparkly. And it's just because you really want to drink. It's okay if you just really want to drink, but try not to keep sparkle hooked into that. Okay. So letting the outcome go. Once, um, Doey and I found a fantastic Belgian bar with outdoor seating on the only 70 degree day in February in Philadelphia. Then we happened upon a cloister of nuns clad in pink who keep their church doors open uh, to the public all the time and have prayed continually in the space since the early 1900s. We sat in quiet meditation for half an hour with the silence so deep it made us cry and then headed home. Sometimes we just end up petting dogs outside the Starbucks in Chestnut Hill. Sometimes we go to the bookstore and take home new novels. We don't set out to have a particular experience, only to have a sparkly experience and to see what happens on our wandering days. When it comes to nudges, bodily nudges are almost imperceptible at first. When you're out um, driving or wandering or walking and you come to a stop sign or a red light or uh, a crosswalk, and you can, you know, either go right or left, check in and see which one feels better. There's not ever going to be a blinking sign with a giant arrow and flashing lights screaming this way at your vehicle or while you're walking, but you will often feel a soft tug in one direction or another. Since the which way to move tug lives beyond words and is completely nonverbal, it's hard to describe as anything more than that, a physical impulse to move in a clear direction. Other times you might have felt a similar tug when you're in a store and walk over to an object and you grab it or touch it before your brain has verbally said, pick that up or touch that. When you stand near a person you don't know, but you just feel like you should be next to them and then they smile and introduce themselves and you're like, yup, I was right, you're amazing. When you walk around your neighborhood and take a different route to do something like walk the dog only to happen upon early spring blossoms or a whole pack of animals or a cluster of balloons or some other small, tiny pleasure you would have otherwise missed if you'd gone your normal way. Trusting the nudges means they become clearer and more distinct over time. Please don't go out looking for a pop-up library in a petting zoo or you're going to give up on yourself in no time flat. Ask to be delighted. Ask to be amazed. Ask to be surprised. Ask to laugh. Ask to make your day better in some capacity. Ask to notice something you haven't noticed before. Ask to see the world anew. Then let the outcome happen without trying to end up in a certain location or doing a certain thing. Recently, Doey and I started out on one of our wandering Saturdays, and I specifically said, we're not going shopping. I don't have the energy for it. 
So we drove around for half an hour chatting and laughing before I felt the distinct urge to go toward King of Prussia, which contains the King of Prussia Mall, which is one of the 10 largest malls in the United States. Or at least it was last time I checked. We ended up in the Lily Pulitzer store, trying on garment after garment and jumping around and giggling and like, I made noises I've never made in my life because never in my whole life had I been in such a colorful, happy store full of items that scream aliveness and use color like it's going to run out tomorrow, so we'd best use it all up today. We had the greatest shopping day of our lives on a day that I declared we would not be shopping because we followed the nudges. Um, and of course, Doe says that she knew we were going to Lily the whole time, but she's sneaky and didn't say anything because she's sneaky. <laughs> Speaking of nudges, the lighter, the better. Um, the lighter something feels in your body, the more likely it is to be sparkle instead of logic trying to get you to do something. At the other end of the spectrum, even heavy, heavy truth is going to feel lighter than a lie. And I'm talking about nudges and lies because when you, when other people get involved, you're going to feel things naturally when they're speaking. And if you're like, I there's something there and I can't quite articulate what it is. You might be inclined to move closer because you want to find out what it is, but it could also be that you're trying to hear whether it's truth or a lie because truth is always going to sparkle and a lie will not. Likewise, truth is going to be light and, um, and lies are not. Even really terrible things like the Holocaust was a real event that happened and millions of people died as a result. That's true and it's terrible and it feels heavy in my body. But it still feels lighter in my body than when Trump says he's the least racist person you'll ever meet. Why? Because Trump is lying and we all know it. But lies are heavy in a way that's difficult to articulate. And the lie is um, acting like you don't know or acting like you can't feel it because very often you're going to have bodily cues and when you know what lies feel like, it gets even, even easier to discern sparkle. Lies often cause a contracting feeling somewhere in your body, a tightening in your ab abdomen right below your belly button or right above your solar plexus. For me, often um, irritation and lies feel the same, which is it feels like someone is taking their thumb and their middle finger and just flicking it against my solar plexus. It's really annoying. It might feel like a contraction of your pelvis. It might feel like a crushed feeling in your throat. It's different for everyone. I, you just need to find out yours. Lies have a distinctive set of bodily cues that's different from tragedy, different from pain, different from horrific events from history. They're going to be similar, but they're not going to be exactly the same. To sort lies from truth in the body, you're going to want to begin to discern what's in, around, and between the words. What energy is carried with the words? How does your body discern lies? If I say something completely untrue, where does it land in your body? How does it feel in your body? Is there any clanging or dissonance? Does it make your face scrunch up or any part of you clench involuntarily? Lies, for lack of a better way to put it, again, I am, this is like moving through nougat to get to words here. Lies have a clanging feel to them or a dissonance to them. 
Like when you think of a dog who hears a strange noise and tilts its whole head in one direction, lies feel like that at a bodily level. You might scrunch your eyes and tilt your head when you hear one. You might be able to see the lie leaving a person's body or kind of in their immediate vicinity. You might be able to feel it as a lie and to see or feel the truth beneath it. With time, you'll be able to feel the and that lives in half-truths too. The I love my husband that comes with an an unspoken and I want to leave him. The I'm happy with my business that comes with an unspoken and I want to give it up altogether. You don't have to call people out or act like a hard-hitting member of the truth police. You don't need a badge or anything like that. It's simply your job to notice lies and to get better at noticing how they feel in your body. So much of the Trump campaign and presidency was painful for me way back for the last couple of years because every single thing that Trump said for vast portions of his time at the podium, particularly about his own character, was a lie. Even if we can't say statistically or using logic that his saying X was a lie, um, it was often an exaggeration. It was often a twist. It was often... I'm saying I'm going to do X, and you can feel that that's not true. Um, all of his campaign promises, which there's so much of politicking that's promises, they were all lies. I'm still amazed by how many people were sucked in by the lies and believed them, heard them at face value, wanted them, clung to them, and, and how many people still believe that he's going to get the quote-unquote bad hombres, whoever they decide the bad hombres are, but not hurt them. Um, that is part of the, the massive disorientation of waking up in November to President Trump has been, oh my God, guys, don't you see he's lying? Don't you see? Don't you see? Um, it isn't even for me so much that he's a a, a terrible human being, but that people, people didn't buy in because he said X, Y, and Z. People bought in because he lied about X, Y, and Z. He didn't even mean it. Um, For me, that's the worst part, is that people buy in, I mean, to a really bad agenda, but they're at least buying into an agenda, and that agenda is a lie, because he's just, he's doing whatever the fuck he wants now that he's in office. And you could, if you were paying attention and you were sensitive to sparkle and to intuition and to discerning lies, you could feel that from the very beginning. You could feel that the whole time. And it's deeply disorienting to watch people and be like, why don't you feel that? Why don't you, why can't you hear that clanging or that ringing? Why doesn't your stomach contract when you hear those things? Because it's not true. It's a lie. That's been really hard to acknowledge the skill set that I have that other people don't have. And um, I don't mean that in a braggy way, but in a like, oh, like, why, 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 why? Like, we need, we need these skills. We need this ability to discern truth from lies when people are speaking, particularly when they're speaking directly to us and particularly when they're speaking about things that really matter. Okay, enough. Um, you're going to, when you're beginning to work on this tr- you're going to try really hard to be learning things and to be sensing and to be finding sparkle and to be following your intuition. And then you're going to overthink it or override it. So your job is to avoid overriding or overthinking your bodily experience. And the safest way to do that 
is again by listening to your body for small, inconsequential, deci- inconsequential decisions um, where it's okay to let the nudges, excuse me, and the sparkle win. So adding hemp seeds to your smoothie instead of chia seeds is not a life or death thing. It's a listening to your body thing. Picking up a new food or supplement at the grocery store because it's sparkly is not going to make or break your life. Eating 20 minutes earlier than usual because you're hungry or getting the decaf instead of the regular version of a drink or sending a loving email to a friend just because you feel like he or she needs it are all smart choices that mean you're paying attention. When you listen to the nudges, you're validating your own bodily experience. You're paying close attention and learning to trust not just your body, but yourself. These are important messages to send to yourself. I trust you. You're wise. You know things. You lead me to neat places. You help me live a better life. Thank you. That's the message that you send when you listen to your intuition. And of course, conversely, when you don't listen or you shut it down or you ignore, you're saying, I don't trust you. You're not wise. You don't know things. You don't lead me to neat places. You don't help me live a better life and I don't need you. And I don't think that most of us think of it that way. It feels like this is not important. This is just information I can take or leave versus there's the the deep, deep wisdom that you can suss out. And the more that you trust it, the more that it will give you. Okay, routine can and will grind down your gears of intuition. Even good habits and default choices can use a gentle shakeup. So it's just a little warning to be careful of really stringent routine because it makes sparkle easy to override. Like I always turn left there. I always have almond milk. I always sit in that seat. I always do this and then this and then this in that order. Where possible, play with trying a new dish at a restaurant or wandering into a new section of a store. Ask friends to go out with you and make a date of trying new things. You can call it sparkle hunting or wandering or hanging out. You don't have to tell them that they're doing it. The title is not important, but you're actively working your sparkle muscle when you spend time together. You can also use sparkle without actually saying anything to anyone. Like you can look at a whole menu of 14 choices and be like, oh, it's that one. You can look at um, a whole array of movies that are playing and be like, oh, it's that one. I will often go and see movies at my local movie house that I have not read about, seen a preview for, or otherwise have any knowledge of whatsoever. And they've been the most amazing movies because they're so sparkly and I go and I trust it and they didn't require me to like screen them in order to figure out whether I wanted to see them or not. Amazing. Another simple way to use it. Those in my most recent sparkle wandering ended up with the best Mexican food I've had outside of Mexico and homemade chocolate pretzel swirl ice cream with a waffle covered in chocolate ganache in two side-by-side stores that I had never seen, neither of us had ever seen before that day. Was it a big deal? Did it change my fucking life and revolutionize the way I do everything? No. Was it a fun way to spend an afternoon? Absolutely. Our wandering introduced us to new local businesses and new ways of being. New way of being being particularly when you soak raw onions in lime before you add them to your taco. My God. Why is that not a thing that everyone does? It's amazing. So have you noticed how I keep referencing the real physical world, that's because Sparkle is tricky online. 
It's only when you've spent months and months, or in my case, years and years, paying attention to Sparkle in the real, physical, offline world that you're going to find it of any use online. And then you can begin to hear the clanging underneath messages. And this applies to when someone is speaking, but also when someone is writing, like on a sales page, you might be able to hear the I just want your money note that's underneath a seemingly sympathetic story, or the true and genuine emotions that hold up sparkly stories in every word. The easier it is to hear the truth and to note the feelings that truth creates in your body, the easier it is to pass up the shiny, sexy, clanging stories that are quite literally everywhere you look. Uh, that's, that's cue in the Full House theme song, everywhere you look. Okay, so places you might find clanging and not sparkling on social media. Here are a bunch of them really quickly. Someone has a giant following that makes you feel like you should care, but you don't feel it. Also, you just squits to talking in question marks. Someone has claims of X million dollar earnings that should make you feel like the expert is legit, but eh, like they're lying about the money or you don't care about the money or they're not actually an expert or something is off. There's a lie somewhere. You might experience a tightening in the throat, the belly, or the pelvis. A skeptical but completely unconscious narrowing of the eyes. A confused, guess I should look into this further instead of clicking away, in which you're in some sort of zombie trance that overrides body entirely, even though body's like, get the fuck out, get the fuck out, get the fuck out. And some part of you is like, no, I'm not getting the fuck out. Okay, cool. Moving back or away from the screen as if repulsed. Unless you're moving back or away to scream and shout and jump up and down, moving back or away is never a sign that you're interested. An icky, scummy, or less than feeling when viewing a certain person, brand, product, or group of people. Also, It also goes for concepts, ideas, uh, just all of it. That's not to say that your best and brightest leaders and humans are not going to challenge you or say things you disagree with, only that energetically vetting people, that's not a fucking thing, but I'm saying it's a thing right now, energetically vetting people makes it easier to discern between sparkle and noise or dissonance at a really deep level. And when you eliminate the dissonance, it makes for far more deep quiet and truth in your life. But why do you care about all of this? Why is this important? This seems to be a totally ancillary, unimportant thing. Except no, because Sparkle makes for faster, clearer decision-making. Because Sparkle doesn't involve logic. That thing's sparkly, that thing isn't. I don't know why. Because it doesn't fall into a binary this versus that structure. It keeps your decision-making juice intact. It doesn't stress the processing powers of your brain that seem to run dry every time you're standing in a store trying to choose a new toothpaste flavor and you find yourself locked in overwhelm. Anytime that happens, you can breathe. Breathe all the way through your crotchels, all the way to your toes. It might take a minute. Ask your body to move you closer to the best choice. See what you're drawn to, which object you'd like to touch, or which part of the store you'd like to visit. That's it you're going to find your answer that way. Sparkle limits the number of choices available to you in a really good way. If you pull up Yelp and start looking at the restaurants near you, you're quickly going to descend into a rabbit hole of angry reviews from people who've had, excuse me, bad experiences accompanied by revolting food photography and find yourself no further in the decision-making process than you were when you started. 
but if you park your car, walk around, and see which restaurant catches your attention, you'll be far more likely to enjoy your experience, and you'll have saved yourself the torture of reading 17 poorly written reviews. I'm using restaurants as an example because unless you're in New York City or some other major metropolis, you generally won't have more than 10 choices available at any given moment. Between 10 and 15, it's fairly simple to get to one sparkly choice without having to weigh pros and cons or fight with whomever you're with about whose turn it is to pick because you're out of decision-making juice. It's just a simple do-do-do-do, ooh, it's obviously that one. Sparkle and paying attention to this deep knowing will inevitably make you pickier, which is a good thing. When people recommend books, you'll be better attuned to give an elf-style thank you and ignore their suggestions without ever touching books that don't sparkle for you. It saves a lot of wasted time and a lot of half-read books. Same thing goes with music, clothing, food, and eventually with trends and articles and classes and concepts that you find online. Because it isn't a logical decision, you don't have to judge it or justify it. I don't beat myself up for not enjoying cilantro. I just accept that my body responds very poorly to it. Same goes for the vast majority of books, songs, foods, classes, courses, workshops, and concepts I encounter. They just don't sparkle for me. It's not personal, it's not logical, and it's not a deeply fraught emotional thing. It's factual. No sparkle, no interest. I move on. Your body is naturally picky about what it leans toward. Except dogs. My body loves all the dogs ever. And you're naturally going to notice that instinct when you're out shopping. Body can walk into a clothing store and decide, meh, in under 10 seconds. I'll still listen, still wander around, touch a few things, and make polite chit-chat with the shop owner so it doesn't get awkward. But the meh means I don't have to look too hard and I don't have to waste my energy making juice on the objects in that particular store. Discerning between sparkle and not sparkle is the work of a lifetime because there's always another layer of depth and nuance to go. Only you speak the language of your particular sparkle. But attuning yourself to the ways your intuition whispers in your life will serve you by preventing you from wasting untold amounts of time, money, and energy. So as you go out to experience sparkle and to play with this, before we talk about it together uh, at our Order of the Phoenix meeting in June, um, just remember that any impulse you get, pay attention to it and try your best to honor it. The worst thing you can do is overthink it, push it away, or ignore it. That will derail your efforts in no time flat, and you'll be back at the beginning without any clue of how your own sparkles structure in there works. So all you want to do is pay attention, And wherever possible, honor what you're feeling. Even if it means you can't buy the $43,000 sparkly thing, that's okay. Just honor that, yes, that's sparkly. Yes, that's amazing. Thank you for showing me that. That's all that you want to do is begin to communicate between you and your internal guidance system. If you've noticed, I've used a lot of different words. I've used sparkle, I've used intuition, I've used inner knowing, I've used internal guidance system. They're all, they're all this, these impulses that live in your body, that live beyond words. And then you attempt to listen to them as if they were words or as if they were verbal. You give them the same amount of weight as, listen, I made a spreadsheet and the spreadsheet says no, and, but body says yes. 
that's where we want to get to. And we want to get to the point where even when it doesn't make any sense, the deeper you can know and you can go, sorry, even when it doesn't make sense, the deeper you can go into knowing in your heart of hearts that something is for you, the less the spreadsheet matters. That's where we want to go. So again, not even joking, I need your questions. I need your comments. I need your feedback about this. So you can hit me up, k at kristenkelp.com. You can find any way you can to contact me and let me know what's going on, what what's working, what isn't working, what's clear, what's not clear, what's confusing, what isn't confusing. All these things are important. Like, am I using the right words? Do these concepts and ideas actually make sense? I really don't have any idea because it's the first time I'm presenting it and I'm always talking about this with people typically that, um, well, I'm talking about it with Doey, to be honest. And so Doey and I are, it, it took months to get this and it'd be so helpful if you helped me to go deeper and to make this clearer. Um, so please, please, please send me your questions, your comments, your concerns, your ideas, your say more about this, your, I don't understand your, this is really working your, this didn't work at all, but I think I did something wrong. All that stuff is so welcome, k at kristenkelp.com or the Patreon comments, and uh, we'll be talking about this specifically in, uh, in June in our order of the Patreon meeting. Thank you so much for listening and for hanging with me. I know this was a long one, and uh, I cannot wait, cannot wait to hear what you have to say about it. Thank you so, 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 so much, and um, thank you for your continued patronage of uh, the Order of the Phoenix. I will see you next month. you for listening. If you do not want to do this election season alone with your phone, I encourage you to check out jointheantidote.com. It's new, it's fantastic, and promo code TRUST takes $33 off until March 12th. So get on it. Again, jointheantidote.com. J-O-I-N-T-H-E-A-N-T-I-D-O-T-E.com. Join the antidote.